Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We get it. Staying home ain't it. Especially around the holidays. But this year, staying home means saving lives. So we're changing it up by gathering less and planning small. Our people are counting on us to make the right choice. Think big. Plan small. Let's stop the spread, Columbus. Everybody, welcome to Generation Xbox. I am Tyler. I'm Steven. And this is your home for all things Xbox, news, reviews, opinions, and more. Head on over to GenerationXbox.com for all the latest. And uh, like I said, this is episode number 215. Steven, how are you doing? Oh, not bad, not bad. How are you? I'm good. It's been a good week for the most part, but got some good gaming in and um, read a lot this week too, which is something I haven't done uh enough of I, my goal this year was to read 15 books in 2020 and i'm about to finish number three you're a little far behind so, that a little behind but you know there's still time well it doesn't help that you tend to choose books that are like you know 1200 pages I do. something like it or you know the stand mm-hmm. rather than you know yeah. something smaller but uh, that's true and maybe i'll pick up like, a dan brown book next or something because those are super fast reads but we'll see how that goes but you know being a sports fan it's never too late to mount the comeback so we'll see we'll see if i can knock off 12 books in the last in six, uh, six months and a half months of the year that's two a month yeah. good luck i know but uh the other thing we would have been at e3 this week which you know is a little sad when you think about it but we're starting to see a lot of gaming information come out and we'll talk about a lot of that here on the show but it allows us uh e3 is often a time where we you see like dlc information you see stuff on games and yeah you're like man i want to kind of get back into that we did some of that this week so we'll talk about that as well i think uh a little bit later on but why don't you tell everybody how they can be part of our community yeah so uh one of the easiest ways is go to twitter and follow us at generation x underscore box a lot of good tweets going out we saw a lot of uh growth and a lot of communication there in in the recent the recent months, um, and it's been it's been wonderful. It's fun to interact with people on Twitter. Um, it's it's good times, good times. Uh, another way is to head on over to generationxbox.com. Um, like Tyler mentioned at the beginning of the show, it's where you can find all the news pieces, the reviews, the opinion pieces, all that fun stuff. Plus the podcast. Um, if you're looking for links to, because you're sick of the podcast app you're using. Um, but yeah, there's links to all the, the Facebooks and, and everything down at the bottom of every article. And if you have a question, um, we're bringing back questions this this week, um, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But yeah, if you, you have a question, easiest way, well, there'll be a weekly post on Twitter, um, there'll be Facebook posts, and you could also just shoot us an email at mail at generationxbox.com, or there's a contact form on generationxbox.com that you can fill out with your question that you want answered on the show. And the winner... Or every, you know, as we, we, if your question gets answered on the show, or if you're a patron, 
Um, at the end of the month, there'll be a, a giveaway for an Xbox gift card. And so you're entered if you're a patron automatically or if your question's asked on the show. So get those questions in. You could win a free gift card to play to buy something on Xbox, you know? Yep. So those questions can be about Xbox, video games in general, or just stuff about the show, including about us. So um, keep it clean, please. But, uh, but yeah, send those questions in. And definitely... Head on over to Twitter. Follow us there. It's been a fun week on Twitter and uh, having a really good time with that. So definitely you want to be part of that conversation. Take uh, uh, take yourself over there. Follow us, Generation X underscore box. And then, uh, like Steven said, you want to head on over to our website and make sure you bookmark it because there's probably, we think uh, we're going to be able to do some stuff that's really cool in the second half of the year in terms of promotions uh, for you guys. We're just getting started talking about it, so we don't really have anything to say yet, but head on over to GenerationXbox.com, make sure you bookmark it, make sure you visit it regularly, because you're going to want to get in the habit to do that if everything we're talking about works out, which I think it will. So, uh, if you want to help support the show, a couple different ways to do that. You can go to Mixer, Mixer.com slash GenerationXbox, and... When you're there, hit uh, follow and spend some sparks and some embers. That really helps us a lot. Also, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Generation Xbox. And uh, for as little as $2 a month, you help support the show, support the site, support the great work our writers are doing over there, and support the community in general. Help us travel the gaming shows, all that type of thing. So it's hugely appreciated. Again, uh, patreon.com slash gaming, or I'm sorry, slash Generation Xbox. So that's the first time, Stephen, I've slipped up. But head uh, on over there as little as $2 a month. It goes a long way, and it's super, super appreciated. Okay, let's uh, let's move on from all that fun stuff. Stephen, I want to talk Sea of Thieves. We played Sea of Thieves last night, and it's one of those games where it's always sort of a go a go-to game when we're like i feel like every few months we're like man we haven't played sea thieves in a long time and let's jump back in so we did man that game has changed a lot it has in in a lot of good ways so we uh first of all i want to say about sea of thieves is that game eats up time like nothing else we're playing all of a sudden there we're like yeah we've been playing for like an hour hour and a half already and you were like really but we have, we have been. I mean, it's just, it's so easy to get lost in that game and end up playing for hours and hours and hours. And the only reason we really stopped last night is because I ordered some food and it arrived at uh, 10 o'clock or, or so. But, man, it was fun going into it because now, I don't know about you, I don't hear what you think about this, but in the past it seemed like you select a quest, right, or whatever, from the goal orders, you go do that, you go turn it in, then you do another one, you go turn it in. And there wasn't a ton of stuff along the way to get you sort of distracted or sidetracked. Sure, you could run into, like, the barrels in the water and go look at that, and occasionally the skull would be in the sky and that type of thing. But I feel like there's a lot more stuff now that can kind of make just stopping on an island to do one of the primary quests turn into sort of an adventure. So, I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, we were doing one of the, the gold quests, and I ended up coming across, like, just some random skeleton enemy named enemy. It was, like, Captain blah, 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 blah. Um, and so I, you know, tried to kill him, because why not? You know, it's a skelly boy. Gonna, gonna kill the spoopy skeletons. Um, 
so so i did and then you know i dropped a skull and a quest line on the island so we didn't even have to go anywhere and so we spent you know a good 30 45 minutes on that island um trying to struggle to solve some of the some of the stuff but even the quests like have been updated so now you know it might hint that you need to play um, a musical instrument at a certain certain place and then um at you know, at a different place, you might have to shine the shine the lantern. So it's kind of kind of more in depth rather than just go here and then move five paces and then dig. Um, I mean, there's still a little of that, but yeah, there's definitely more stuff to do on each island. Um, like Tyler said, time just flew by. I can't can't believe it. And I'm actually excited to play again today. We we haven't jumped into the Tall Tales, um, and they've been there s- since the last time we played. And I think we started it, but it, it was really long and we weren't ready for it. But I think we're going to try to get that today. So we'll update you next week on what how that goes. Um, but yeah, it was fun. Um, we, we ended up seeing another ship. And I know Tyler loves fighting people. And I was like, no, let's not. But he convinced me. <laughs> Um, no, I was just like, well, we had finished stuff and I was like, you know what? Let's, let's, let's let our turn to be the bad guys. Um, and so we went like towards their ship and then <laughs> they shot a cannonball and it, they aimed it perfectly cause it knocked me off of the, uh, the steering wheel and into the water. So the ship just went straight forward into theirs. Um, I did, so I did swim up and kill one of them. Um, we didn't have anything on the, on the ship, but then they kept killing Tyler and he was getting upset set and i was like oh, all right so we ended up scuttling the ship but that was well, kind of fun you use the the ferryman right yeah and it puts you right back on your ship well the guy's just sitting there waiting for me to reappear and the what? moment i reappear i'm getting shot in the head well you gotta have to be quicker than that you gotta keep your fingers forward on the on the yeah, you know, thumbstick it was pretty much instant uh instantaneous as soon as i spawned in so i managed to like you know i take a lot of damage i jump off the ship and then he chased me and you know um, all it took was like one sword hit at that point and I was done. So, yeah, but it's fun. I mean, I like the ship battles. I like getting into that stuff. It's really fun. The, the shark thing chased us. Um, and that's really fun. We have yet to actually kill it. That's the second time we've encountered it. Yeah, and I think... I feel like we might have gotten too far out of its, like, you know, area of attacking and it would despawn and then respawn um, when we would move back and then like attack us again. I still have yet to see the Kraken. Granted, we haven't played all that much, but I would love to see the Kraken. I want to get back into it though and start playing it more regularly. That and Destiny 2, which I know we're going to talk about later. Yes. But I I feel like the the, all the great stories from Sea of Thieves that people tell that played a lot, right? None of the great stories from that game start with on this quest we had super fun because of the quest. Right? We had, you know, it was a great time. Um, everything everything that's a great story in Sea of Thieves comes from we were sailing along and then this happened. Yeah. Right? And it, it's those random like moments and events and those types of things in the game that make it really fun. Just running into a ship and what if you have like five, six chests on your ship? Now it's a decision. Do you try to hide? Do you try to run away? Do you try to engage? If they see you now, do you have to try to flee and run for your life, you know? Yeah, and they've definitely improved some of that stuff a little bit. Like, for instance, you can now open the chest and take gold out, Mm -hmm. um, which means, you know, you, you don't lose everything, 
you're not going to obviously sell the the statues and stuff that are in it. And those are worth a lot of money. Like, you know, we're selling those for, you know, a thousand, two thousand gold sometimes. But, you know, you still get at least something so it doesn't feel like a total loss. And I, I really like that, um, that they added feel, that because that yeah. kind of makes sense. I feel like Rare's done a great job of trying to balance the the fun and spontaneity of the PvP experience in the game while preserving the fun factor for the people who get discouraged by that. Yeah. You know. I still and I know I'm probably on them in the minority here. I I do wish there was a PvE like world um where you can, you know, there's a lot more maybe skeleton ships out in a boot, out in out in a boot um out out there, but you know, you don't have to really worry about getting getting ganged up on and i know it's a pirate game i get it so you know i understand i just you know kind of wish it was there but overall like it's fun and i know it's been hugely popular on steam when it it just got put there um, not that long ago and i think it's reached like 15 million players something like that um not concurrent but yeah that's uh that's those good numbers um and good for good not an exclusive anymore well, who cares? I know. It's Microsoft the, gets paid I, either way. That's the thing. It's the dumbest argument in the history of anything, pretty much. To say that because you can play it on PC, it's not an exclusive to the console anymore. Can you play it on PlayStation 4 or Switch? No? Then it's an exclusive to Xbox. And that's just what it is. So, I don't know. I just, that bugs me. And we've heard a lot of that lately. Because the console wars are back in full force. Anybody who said, you know, I think console wars are dying down. Nope. This week has uh, has brought them back. Uh, uh, 100%. I don't think they actually went away. But we'll get to that when we talk about the PlayStation event. Um, but see, see things like, what was your favorite thing that we did last night? So we did a few different things. Was it the ship battles going very unsuccessfully? Or... <laughs> Just the random events that take place on the island that pop up, or what do you think? No, yeah, the one that um, when I I killed the 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 captain as I mentioned previously, and then it, you know I got a skull and like a quest from it, and then I just ran around the island solving the little riddles, and they weren't super hard. I mean, it was find this thing and hold the light up, and then play music at this thing, and then you know the final thing was head to this area. And then travel seven paces north northwest and dig and it's always fun doing that and I, I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, just screwing around and ramming other people's ships and trying to sink them and failing miserably like that was fun too. But you know, I think the my favorite thing was that just organic like we went on a quest and then we found other quests to do and yep. did them. We ended up staying on the island for what like almost forty five minutes. Yeah, that's what just yeah. doing random stuff, which is really fun and i love when games turn into that so that's always good and also getting as drunk as we possibly can on the ship that was fun too trying to climb the uh uh mast or whatever for the lookout like that's really fun and uh and then of course sailing off the map and the night that's kind of our tradition i think it is for a lot of people who play but you end your play session by sailing off the map and having all that occur if you haven't done it yet do it i'm I'm pretty sure there's nobody who's played sea of thieves that doesn't know what that does but you know if you haven't uh check it out 
So Sea of Thieves, I, I definitely want to play. I think we're going to play again today. Yes. And uh, yeah, just, I don't know, it's fun to get back into it. It's a good time. So, Stephen, uh, there is some video game news this week. There was. There was. And, you know, Finally. We can, we can confidently say that for the first time in a while. Like, there, there have been weeks lately where the term news gets thrown up by us and we mean it. We mean it, but loosely. Um, there's actually video game news this week, and we're pretty excited about that. So let's start with Destiny 2, a game that, you know, we played a lot of back in the fall of 2018. And yes. we kind of got away from it. There, like, see, we were playing for a while every day. And then we made, like, a weekly thing as soon as the new strikes dropped. We went and played pretty much. But got away from that. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the event that took place and kind of what is coming to the game here in the next little bit? Yeah. Um, so Destiny 2 had like a reveal event, or not Destiny 2, Bungie had a reveal event um, on a couple days ago. I think it was Tuesday. Um, and so, you know, people were curious about what it was going to be, hoping maybe for like Destiny 3. Um, but instead we found out that Bungie will be supporting Destiny 2 for at least the next three years, um, counting this one. So there will be three new expansions, uh, Destiny 2 Beyond Light, The Witch Queen, and the working title, Lightfall. Um, so in order, so Beyond Light will be this year on September 22nd, The Witch Queen will be next year, and then right now Lightfall will be 2022. Um, and Beyond Light will have you traveling to Europa, the, the icy planet, or, yeah, um, and then obviously more raids, strikes, stuff like that, um, on top of that is the addition of the vault, so Destiny has a lot of content, uh, Destiny 2 does, um, a lot of content, and a lot of it people don't play anymore, they, they mention that, uh, you know, Warmind's campaign, which Tyler, that was one of the last things we did when we were yep. playing regularly, and, and it was it was all that great. It was pretty bad, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it's only 03 percent of playtime, and yet five percent of total install size. And anyone that you know is worried about their storage space knows, you know, Modern Warfare got another huge update. Oh, I think goodness. I downloaded fifty gigs the other day. Like that game's bad, but Destiny Two ain't no slouch either. No. Um, some of these games are absolutely massive, so they're deciding that they're going to put some of the stuff into the vault. So basically, the entirety of the Destiny Two like vanilla campaign will be going in, along with all the strikes and raids. But as such, they're going to bring back some other stuff. Um, and including, you know, the Vault of Glass from Destiny 1 will be brought back sometime next year. Um, hopefully early, because that's one of my favorite raids. But yeah, it, it'll be more of like a rolling, you know, timed thing. So, at, you know, as things get stale, it goes in the vault, they bring back, they're going to update it, you know, make it more set for your level and such. Um, but I really like like the changes, obviously... Activision kind of forced them to do this like every few years release and I think it really hurt like the Destiny franchise as a whole because I think if Bungie has their way as we could tell they might have not even made Destiny 2 and just been updating Destiny for the last four or five years yeah, um, but I, w- sorry, yeah go ahead. I was just gonna say yeah, what what are your what are your thoughts on all that well I absolutely agree and you know, I said to you off here a while ago that I, I really feel that Destiny from day one... I don't think Destiny 2 ever should have existed as a as a game that you had to pay for. 
I think Destiny I, should have been it's an evolving world, an evolving experience for players. Um, not that's not to say the Destiny Two content shouldn't exist; it should. But within that world of Destiny, and the thing is, I think developers um, get in the into the business of creating content, whereas publishers get in the business of creating SKUs, sequels, things you can put a barcode on and sell. And to them. It's like, well, why just create DLC when you can create a sequel and DLC for that? So, I think, uh, you know, I think you're absolutely spot on. I think that, you know, Activision was probably a driving force in needing a sequel and having a second game out there. But I, I also think Bundry's vision of what Destiny is and should be has evolved over the years as, as well. Yeah, it's so. not like... Though the expansions for Destiny have been all that cheap, they've been they, don't they have? at least thirty bucks. Yeah, um, it's been almost it, confusing, and like what you need to buy and how much it costs. And all I know, I and I, I think a lot of that is Activision's fault here. Um, I'm sure Bungie played a little role in in this, but I, I really like the direction they're heading um, with what they're doing. I I don't think we're gonna see a Destiny three. Um, for a long time, if at all, I think there's a very good possibility that it, they just continue updating Destiny um, two as as time goes on. Including so whatever Destiny three would be will just be a new expansion, and I think that's you know that's good. I I do hope, and I I could see them changing the name of Destiny two just to Destiny in a few years, yeah, um, and like or or something like that, just so it's not super confusing but something similar like you know how world of warcraft yeah has just continuously updated for 18 years or whatever since the game that's, came out that's the model i feel like they should have followed from the beginning it's the one that personally me as a fan would have loved to have seen yeah you know like just world of warcraft you buy the base game and that released in whatever year i don't even remember but then you just buy the expansions on top of that yep and, and just, it, it just makes the world bigger and there's more to do yeah, and you put the game down for a little bit, and then the new expansion comes out, and you brought back, and you play for a while, and then you put it down, and you yeah, know, I, I just I think what's key here is your when you talk about the vault, like that's really that's good thinking by them, because on consoles you have very limited space to deal with as a as a player, you know, in terms of storage space, and, and we are talking about some of these games now becoming two hundred gig games. Yeah. And that's a lot for a lot of people. Like, not everybody's got 100 bucks to go throw down on an external hard drive. You know, that's, that's a decent size. And who knows what this um, extra storage space on the Series X is going to cost. They haven't talked about that. So, you know, to manage that and to say, okay, well, let's rotate some content in and out. Or just flat out remove some stuff that just isn't that important a part of the experience. I think that's really smart. And it's a good service to the player. They're going to keep providing new content. It was fun when we played it this week. I had a good time with it. Yeah, and I, you know, every now and again I get the get the urge to go back and play a shooter. And Destiny is one of my favorites. I just, the gunplay, Bungie does yes. gunplay really well. Do. Um, and I really like the added, like, you know, the superpower stuff. It's always kind of fun to, mm -hmm. to, to do. And, and This season, a full heart doesn't mean a full house. We're still gathering, just virtually, and we're still connecting, safely. Traditions keep us close even when we can't be together. Think big, plan small. Let's save lives, Columbus. This season, a full heart doesn't mean a full house. 
We're still gathering, just virtually, and we're still connecting, safely. Traditions keep us close even when we can't be together. Think big, plan small. Let's save lives, Columbus. And another good thing for Xbox fans or Xbox players is that, you know, they're going to utilize smart delivery, so you're going to get the updated version when the Series X comes out. Um, and But there also will be uh, cross-play across the Xbox ecosystem, meaning that, you know, if you upgrade... Like, if I upgraded the Series X Day 1 and Tyler doesn't for whatever reason, like, we could still play Destiny 2 together um, on each of our consoles. And they're looking to add full cross-play across, you know, the consoles um, between PlayStation and Xbox, like, in the future. But for right now, that's not happening. But, you know, it could. It might. Yeah. I mean, I hope it does. I, I just want to keep seeing us head more and more in that direction. I think people that dismiss the importance of uh, smart delivery, cross-generational play, and cross-play between brands um, are... I think oftentimes that's done out of fanboyism because their box of choice isn't doing it. But, like, who does it... Uh, it only benefits players everywhere to give more people to play with. And I've always used sports games as an example. By the end of a cycle in uh, Madden, we're like, NHL, Steven, we would play EASHL, right? And we'd look for a match. And if we go in and do that right now in June, we're going to wait for a while. Yeah. So there's not as many people playing. But if you open that up to now we can match against, like, PS4 people, awesome. That just creates a bigger chance that there's something there to play. So, but anyway, going back to the topic at hand here, like, Destiny... Um, great job by Bungie. This was a good show. Yes. They did a really good job laying out what their vision for the future of their game is. And that's awesome. And by the way, their communication was very clear, which wasn't necessarily the theme of the week. We'll get into that too. But kudos to them for being straightforward and upfront about what their vision is and what it means for players. So, yeah. Um, and I'm. I'm happy that they got out under Activision's thumb. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be just better for for all of us as like gamers. Um, but there might be something moving under Activision's thumb. So before we do that, though, before we move on, uh, keeping under keeping the Activision theme here, it's time for our esports segment of the week soon. All right, and that is brought to you by Bet Online, BetOnline.ag, uh, where you can bet on uh, sports, esports, and much more. BetOnline.ag, head over today, sign up, and play. So, Stephen, a couple of matchups I picked out this week for us to talk about. So, one is in the sports sim world. These are all simmed using Madden NFL 20. We have the Green Bay Packers heading to Kansas City to take on Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Green Bay, Stephen, is a two-point favorite on the road. <laughs> what? Yep. Yeah, no, put your money on Kansas City, the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Um, yeah, Patrick, come on. It's Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs against the Packers, who weren't very good this year um, or last year. The only they, thing I can think of is that the Chiefs don't have much of a running game. Man, 20 is a running game still. And the, the Packers play better in the game than they do on the field. Fair. Um, uh, I'd still take the Chiefs here. <laughs> Both teams are a minus 115 on the betting line, but the Packers are a two-point favorite. I'm taking the Chiefs to win outright. Yeah, I I agree. 
Um, that's a that's a silly line, in my opinion. It is. So anyway, but not nothing against our friends at Bet Online. Yeah, but take take advantage of that line, though. Take advantage yeah, of that. Can uh, it's only good for today, though. But there's matchups like that all week long. And I picked out one from the world of real sports. Even last week we talked about an NHL series matchup. Let's talk about another one because this is coming back. Training camp is opening on July 10th with uh, games starting probably about two weeks after that. So this series we see the Chicago Blackhawks taking on the Edmonton Oilers. That's an intriguing series because one, not recently, but their core is still playoff tested. And the Oilers, not so much, even though they're extremely talented. Um, the Oilers, Stephen, are a minus 160 for the series, so a pretty heavy favorite with the Blackhawks at a plus 140. Your thoughts? Yeah, um, this is tough. At first, like, my gut is immediately Oilers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously. Best of five, by the way. Huh? Best, best of five, five. yeah. Yep. So Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid, probably. If not right now, will be in the next year or two the best player in hockey. I don't know if Crosby has given that up I, yet. I think um, he is right now. But yeah, I would I would say McDavid's one of the best players and definitely one of the best players, if not the mm-hmm. best all around player in hockey. Yep. Um, and then obviously Leon Dreisaitl had a very good season before the season shut down enough yeah, to Sam where argue he got ripped off more than anyone. Yeah. I, I definitely um, heard that from another person. I heard, um, I heard a fan say that they should play the rest of the whole season. Yes. Because of that. Uh, no. Yeah. That, he, that's he's silly. Had, he's on pace to break records, but you know, it's a great season by him, but still. So the Blackhawks definitely, you know, they're rested, which will be helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I don't love a lot of, the team outside of like Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith, because <laughs> Jonathan Taves is not Jonathan Taves anymore. Oh, he's had anymore. a decent season though. It actually hasn't been bad. Yeah, um, but he's fallen but, off from where it used to be. But you're right. Seabrook has fallen off a tad, right? Um, we've seen some other guys and I have team n- fall off, and Artemi Panarin is not there anymore. Yeah, and I've never been a Corey Crawford fan. Nope, same here. Um, I think he's a little overrated. Mm-hmm. And I think their defense and offense carried him to cups, but I, that's an argument yeah. for a different day. It is. I'm um, comfortable taking the Blackhawks in four, or I'm sorry, the Oilers in four games. Yeah, I am so also I taking the Oilers. I think it could go five, but I agree. Maybe. The Oilers will win this okay. series. All right, so that uh, just a couple examples of what you can bet on betonline.ag. You can bet on, like I said, esports, uh, Call of Duty, Dota, League of Legends, and much, much more Overwatch, etc. Um, you can bet on real sports. We just talked about the NHL coming back. It'll be NBA lines too once the schedule gets set. Fingers crossed that baseball might have a season. We'll see. Uh, there's already NFL props to bet on as well. Or you can bet on simulated games from Madden NFL 20, FIFA, NHL, and more. Head on over to bet online AG, uh, AG. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner. Bet online sports are slowly making their way back with the UFC, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. Bet online has all the best odds and lines for the upcoming matches this weekend and every weekend. If you need more, Bet online has simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC happening every single day live for you to check out, so you can watch those games being streamed, so you know it's not being made up. Looking for something else other than sports? Bet online has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. You can even bet on politics if that's your thing. 
Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right. We were talking about Activision. We were. Activision might be going shopping. Well, the rumor is they are going shopping. Whether or not they're going to buy anything remains to be seen. Yeah, so in a report from CNBC, um, AT&T, which purchased Warner Media in 2018, is looking to sell uh, Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, uh, which includes NetherRealm, Avalanche, and Rocksteady. Obviously, NetherRealm makes Mortal Kombat series, and Rocksteady is well-known for their um, Batman franchise, um, among other things. Uh, the rumored Harry Potter game, for instance, is being worked on by one of the companies in Warner Brother Interactive. Um, but yeah, it's supposed to, it's valued right now, I think, at $4 billion. And Take-Two, EA, and Activision are interested. And do I not want to see any of those companies buy this? I don't know what your yeah. thoughts, but I, I have zero interest in seeing one of those three. I guess Take-Two would be oh, the best of the three, but I... I mm. kind of. Um, I told you off here. The last thing in the world I want is Batman Ultimate Team. And yeah, I. Get I don't know who which would be worse between EA and Activision. Activision. Well, both companies in in my mind, both companies create way too many games in a boardroom rather than in a creative space. Um, that was the problem with Anthem. Anthem was they tried to come up with this thing in a meeting that would compete with Destiny without really seeing the, the vision and the, the artistic process through, I guess. So it was just a shell of an experience. Like, it had some things on the surface that were fun and cool, but it was a shell, and I do... I will say, I, I believe um, Bioware here that... A lot of the pressures placed on them by their publisher resulted in some things not being in the game. And the game being a little different than what we saw. You remember that very first trailer? I do. For Anthem? That looked amazing. And everybody was like, holy crap, what is this? And then it came out and we were like, holy crap, what is this? So, I, I definitely don't want to see it in EA's hands. I Like, I like what EA does with a lot of things. Um... I'm fine with Ultimate Team in sports games. I don't care. It's okay. It's a choice to play it or not. But I don't... These franchises, I, I don't trust that they're going to do right by them. Um, Mortal Kombat, etc. It's going to become so freaking monetized. No thank you. Um, Activision, same thing. Activision charges for freaking everything. And... If they could get away with $100 a year for Call of Duty Season Pass, they would do it. I just... No. I, I, those are the two I don't want. I could probably live with Take-Two. But, Steven, I bet you can't guess who I'm hoping swoops in on the white horse to buy WB Games. Well, I know who is not rooting for that, and that'd be PlayStation fans. Yep. Because I assume you mean Xbox. I mean the man himself. Phil Spencer. Literally riding the white horse into the meeting. Yeah, you want him like Valkyrie at the end of Endgame? Riding the no, like... No, i more like Gandalf at the end of Two Towers. Mm, okay. Yeah. So, you know, um, coming to save these poor developers from creative hell. 
and giving Xbox exactly what they need in their library, exclusive library, to compete with PlayStation. Yeah. Think about how different the Xbox library would be if they keep the li- if this deal allow them to keep the licensing rights for Batman and Harry Potter. Okay. So let's assume that occurs and Middle Earth. So now you've got Batman games to counter the Spider-Man franchise. You have the Middle Earth games, which are fantastic and unlike anything Xbox offers on a exclusive basis. You have a, a rumored Harry Potter RPG, which I know you will buy about six copies of on oh, the day. Yes, there is a good chance of that. Mm-hmm. And then the underrated factor in all of this, I think, is the Lego games. Yes. Like, has anybody ever outwardly said, I hate those freaking games or stupid? I'm sure somebody has. But, man, most people I know at least like them. They might not be super passionate about them, but I'll tell you what, I'm really passionate about the new um, Skywalker Saga one. That game looks phenomenal. It was my, it was one of my absolute highlights of E3 last year, that and Dying Light 2. So, and we didn't expect either of those to be the case going in. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, Legos, the Lego Star Wars Saga looks awesome. And I've been playing the Lego Harry Potter uh, series after we learned that they're not multi or online multiplayer i swore they were but i guess not when well, we weren't paying attention yeah i know because i was gonna try to play them with you and then i was like well we can't so i was like oh, i'll just do it by myself and they've been great time killers and you know and xbox desperately needs the fun factor um of games and we'll talk about that in a sec but yep. no they're missing some of those games like sea of thieves captures a lot of it but they don't have enough games like that that are just yeah. that innocent fun like Lego. And PlayStation does have some of that. And PlayStation then has like their single player and co-op, whereas you see that these can be stressful because you have to deal with other people ruining your time. Whereas, you know, if you're trying to play something like, I don't know, Ratchet and Clank, for instance, you have fun. It offers a bit of levity and, you know, so mm-hmm. Xbox could use something like that. I'm telling you, I said it to you when we were watching the PlayStation show, which I guess we should transition into here, but the I feel like the biggest mistake Xbox made this entire generation was letting Insomniac go and sign exclusively with Sony. I think they bring a type of game to the Sony library that Xbox just doesn't have. And, you know, it's and, and they, that's one of the reasons Insomniac pretty much let off the damn thing you know, on Thursday. So, should we move into that, Stephen? Yeah. Okay. So, PlayStation had their event on Thursday. And, so, the, I, I tweeted this. I said, reactions were pretty much as expected. You know, the, the, the ponies were like, this is the greatest thing that's ever happened, ever. And the Xbox fans were like, this is stupid. It all sucked. The reality is somewhere in between. There were some definite high points to that show and some things Xbox can learn. We actually wrote an article about that. Steven did. You can get it on generationxbox.com. The the things Xbox can learn for its July showcase from what PlayStation did this week. But uh, there were some points in that show, Steven, that just weren't that great either. You know, and I think if we take if you take either your PlayStation colored glasses off or your 
your blind hate of it because you're an Xbox fan. Like, I think you can see both those things. Like, there were some high points and there were some opportunities there to be better. But let's get the high points out of the way. The Insomniac stuff, Spider-Man uh, getting more content. I'm just going to call it that. It's a, it's a not a sequel, but it's a standalone expansion. I don't know. Um, everything we're hearing is that it's exclusive to the PS5, which I have something to say about too. Uh, but, and then Horizon Forbidden West looks really cool. Probably. We don't know. It's a long way away. We didn't see any gameplay. Uh, that game is a long way away. We learned there's a lot of timed exclusives. So, well, what, were we, your, what were your thoughts? What were the high points? We definitely didn't learn it in the middle of the show because it was... No. Uh, definitely not mentioned and i know why they didn't because they want you to think that the games are exclusive to sony they did it with the first battlefront they did Mm -hmm. it so well that people thought it was exclusive to to sony and you know they're good at that and that's you know what i mentioned in the article is that their production value and their messaging tends to be better and microsoft sometimes at least in the past has been poor and they kind of ran into that issue with the last inside xbox in may of poor poor messaging that kind of you know people took it and ran with it and complained and i'm not i I don't i don't think all of the good stuff they've done went down the drain but i know some people do because they're that's unfair and ridiculous it is but it's the case so you know they i think xbox could should go away with the live event and do a pre-planned with high production value event i think that would be smart and you need to sandwich everything in between the big like the big hitters so sony didn't start their thing with a exclusive they started it with um gta 5 coming to ps5 because of course again take two and rockstar need money um or just because of money so of course it's coming um, but, you know, they, they, they started with Spider-Man, the expand alone, and the Ratchet and Clank stuff kind of showed off their SSD, and they ended with Horizon Forbidden West, and then everything in between was, it was hard to tell what was exclusive, what was not, and what was timed exclusive, because yeah. none of it, you know, and why do they need, I mean, it's smarter them not to mention it, um, I think because it, it, it confuses all of us. I mean, everybody in the in the industry was is con- was confused for a minute on what was timed and what was yeah. not. But you well, know, they Insomniac sh- themselves, like even Sony, didn't know for sure. Like Insomniac had to come out and correct them on on the Spider Man game because Sony, the Sony account, tweeted the day the next morning that it was an expansion. And Insomniac had to go correct them and say, no, it's a standalone. So, like, the messaging is so off. And I just... But but here's what Sony does really well, Stephen. They know what their fans want to hear. And that's what they deliver. And they also know what their fans don't want to hear, and they don't give them that. Xbox, I, I feel, needs to be better at that. But we did see a lot of really cool-looking games that should eventually come to Xbox at some point. Yep. Um, in surprising fashion, Deathloop and Ghostwire Tokyo, games made or published at least by Bethesda, mm-hmm. who have tended to have a good relationship with Xbox, are timed exclusives yeah. for PlayStation. And that's unfortunate. I mean, I don't care about Ghostwire Tokyo because I'm not a horror fan. Um, though it does look kind of cool, so it sucks for mm-hmm. those that are. But Deathloop looks awesome. And, you know, and I have 
it, 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 I don't know how long the time the exclusives are. None of that was announced either. Well, obviously not during the show, but definitely not even later. So I don't know if it's a month, a year, you know, if it, if it's going the Tomb Raider route. And I think that's really shitty. Yeah. And I hate when Microsoft does it too. I think oh, time yeah. exclusives in general are dumb. It's, it's, it should be exclusive or just not. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we, we like, talked about... Exclusives are part of the business, so I'm fine with them. But the time exclusive, I, I personally think needs to go away, and that's that's to all companies, right? Yeah, it's it. The Tomb Raider thing was dumb. Like the original Bioshock was a timed exclusive for Microsoft. You know, if it's a third party game, it should be available to everybody unless there's an ex- a firm exclusivity deal for like permanent exclusivity to a console. And I just, I don't know. I'm not a fan of it. I think, uh, you know, it's going to make, it's going to force Xbox into deals like the WB Games potentially, which is great for them if they can pull it off. But it does mean some pretty awesome franchises now are no longer available to PlayStation fans, which does suck. Because that's not good for gaming. It's great for Xbox. It's not good for gaming. So, I don't know. I wish that stuff would go away because it only breeds more of it. Um, yeah. Sorry. Didn't mean to step on you there. But no, I mean, it's fine. Um, and we did learn in the in the days since that apparently Godfall, which we thought was a PlayStation exclusive since the Game Awards, um, was not and will be available at some point on the Xbox. Of course, that could change because, again... It's all very confusing because the messaging from all of the companies, including like the companies that make some of these games, has been just non-existent or or confusing. My favorite line from the the PlayStation event was developed exclusively for PlayStation Five. Oh no, that's not even right. I see. Yeah. I've lost the exact me- the the exact wording was so dumb and convoluted and didn't mean what it implied yep. and. Sony does that, and I think it's exclusive, but it's not. Yeah, Yeah. Um, Sony built it for the PS5. Yeah, and Sony does that to the Series X. Yep, Sony does that, and it's it's dumb and really kind of not consumer friendly. But they don't care, and their ponies will eat it up and say, you know, they're the best, most you know, gamer friendly people. Even though they've been they've shown. The holidays are here, and with giftcards.com, it's easy to send the perfect gift. From gamers and foodies to fashion and beauty lovers, there's a great gift card option for everyone on your list. Or surprise them with the specially curated Holiday Favorites e-gift card. Redeemable at Lululemon, Grubhub, Ulta, Wayfair, Macy's, Lowe's, and Barnes & Noble. Your lucky loved one can pick their favorite athleisure, beauty products, home decor, and entertainment all with one convenient gift. Holiday Favorites cards are delivered near instantly via email and can be used both in-store and online, making them both easy to send and spend. They contain no fees and never expire, making it a perfect gift you can't go wrong with. Start gifting today at www.giftcards.com. Happy Holidays from giftcards.com. This season, a full heart doesn't mean a full house. 
We're still gathering, just virtually, and we're still connecting, safely. Traditions keep us close even when we can't be together. Think big, plan small. Let's save lives, Columbus. Well, not to be, but it's whatever. Um, it is what it is. So, the, the other thing I want to talk about from that show, Stephen, is I've never seen so many people excited to order a router in my life. Um, the design of the box. And I know, and I, and I think it's fair to talk about this because the Series X had six months, you know, for people to rip it. Um, the Series X at least looks like a computer, kind of. Your, what are your thoughts on the PlayStation 5 design? It doesn't look great. I don't think either of the consoles look all that phenomenal. I think Xbox looks better than the PlayStation, but I, I'm not a big fan of either of them. But it's funny. I'm, I just like how small the Series X is. You know. Yeah. I look to my right right now where my modem and router are, and I, my, I'm really bad at which one's which, but the, the modem looks like the series x and i'm not even kidding and the router looks like the playstation 5 it, it mm-hmm. like i didn't even notice it until just now but they look exactly alike and yeah. i mean obviously the router looks better because it's all black rather than the the white black thing it yeah i'm not a fan of the the sony playstation 5 design um at least the I'm all the all digital looks better because like you said it's symmetrical um and it's it's smart by them because it, it should theoretically allow them to save or drop $50 off the cost. I don't see yep. more than that, but $50 cheaper without the distro. Just a really good color for fitting in in any entertainment center. You know, and the the two-tone color of the PS5, they said they were going out and going for anticipating a futuristic living room. Like do we really anticipate changing that much in 4 years? Cuz I'm pretty yeah. sure it's going to go it's still going to be brown slash black entertainment center cabinets with electronics that are still predominantly black or gray in color. I don't know. I wonder if if this is uh, a Japan-related thing. Um, I don't know what they're doing with their design in in Japan. Um, But yeah, I, I can't see everybody just jumping on the whole white, living room like futuristic like everything came out of like detroit become human it seemed like with the ps5 having to dust like every day no (laughs) like even if you have a glass like my entertainment center is all glass shelving and it's like tinted so it's dark but still like i'm dusting that thing constantly because it gets dirty and it shows and you make some white it's even more so yeah. So, I don't know. You know, we're not being petty. Like, the the box is going to perform well. It's going gonna, it's gonna to have games that are super fun and really good. It just is. And if you're listening and you're a huge Xbox fan, I'm sorry to break it to you, but the PlayStation 5 is going to be good. And it's going to have good games. But you know what? The Series X is too. And I can't wait for what they have in July. I just really hope that they took some lessons from what PlayStation did. Not just in what they did right with messaging, but maybe what they didn't. And they apply them. So that there's no, you know, repeat of the May incident. Because I'm still convinced a lot of the bad press from the May thing came from PlayStation fans. Yes, or journalists that pretend they're unbiased, but 
really aren't. You mean, you mean no. one of the, you know, 300 yes. outlets I gave Last of Us to a 10 or 100? Sure. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure it's a great game. So, so There were some just general non-timed exclusives that will be coming on time to the Xbox. And, you know, Hitman 3 is awesome. That's going to wrap up the trilogy yep. I've been playing. I really loved the last two Hitmans, even if when the first one was episodic. I didn't think that was all that bad. Um, and then Resident Evil 8, but not 8, Resident Evil Village. Um, they said it wasn't 8, but then they highlighted V-I-I-I, or V... Yeah, three eyes. yep. Yeah, no, well, actually the L's, but... Because um, the L's well, they like left eyes. the bottom part of the L black. Yeah, so they made it. Yeah, they made it look like Resident Evil Eight, but it's not Resident Evil Eight. I don't. That was confusing. But again, sticking with the theme of really okay. interesting marketing. Um, but there you go. Two pretty good games coming at some point. Uh, Resident Evil Village looks like it's going to be an exclusive next gen console launch next year. So yep. we'll see. But there you go. That's good though. I'm I'm comfortable with you know next fall to fall 2021 seeing games just be for Series X and PS5. Yeah, I'm okay with that by next fall. I think this fall everything should be cross platform, but that's just me. Um, all right. Anything else on that show? Because we got another show to talk about. Nope. EA Play is coming, and we got a little bit of a tease thanks to Xbox, who. Leaked something they weren't supposed to. But we learned that Star Wars Squadrons is on its way and will be revealed actually now on Monday. They're going to show the trailer off on Monday the 15th at 8 a.m. Pacific. So you'll be showing that off. But next Thursday night uh, is EA Play. Really excited for that. Um, as much as we, not us, but as much as gamers love to bash EA. They do have a lot of games that I love. So, EA Play last year at E3, I had a lot of fun there. Um, it was super hot. But Hottest day in California last year. Yep. Um, and it was super fun though, Steve. Not just because it was the best food truck food I've had, like, ever. But, uh, but the Star Wars presentation was really fun. Jedi Fallen Order. Yes. Um, getting to see Madden and NHL on the TVs, but not get a chance to talk to anybody about them was fun. Next year we'll get to we'll get to sit down and play them though. Yeah, last um, year was fun, and we learned a lot about what to do and what not to do, and we'll like, be and, better. And what we mean by that is we learned a lot of what, how to build those connections, like as media. Yes. So, you know. What we learned is that if you're media, you don't walk in and say, hey, can we can we see Madden? That is not what you do. We didn't get yelled at. They were very nice. But they explained to us, like, hey, do it this way. And they gave us business cards and all stuff. Um, and we created a game last year at E3 called Business Card Go to see who could collect the most. I won. Did you? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I just felt like you might have actually kept score because I know you're pretty competitive. That's not me. <laughs> but my favorite moment of E3, though, Stephen, I know we're getting a lot of track here, but that's okay. My favorite moment of E3 was still when we we're walking behind you. <laughs> and we're actually taking the time to look at stuff because this was all of our first time at E3. And we're excited. And we saw this thing with, like, a duck hunt thing with, like... Um, 
a gun and they made it so because the biggest problem with like you can't play duck hunt on like a flat screen tv because it won't work um but they created something where it will work now and we were looking at it, we're like this is really cool and all of a sudden we look and steven's just staring at us with this super pissed off like mom in the store look <laughs> and kind of the get over here right now look and then he takes his hand and like waves us toward him like super quickly and aggressively <laughs> and all I could do is just laugh. Well, it's not like we were trying to do something else at the time, you know, we're that right. would have become a pain in the butt with, you know, stopping and staring at the roses when we That's could have true. just done one little run through of the whole thing and then gone back and be like, hey, this is cool. I want to check this out. But it's fine. I'll take the blame. No, nobody's blaming you. No, it's fine. You. It no, I'll take. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it's fine. No, it's fine. And I can't wait to go back next year. I'm, you know, I'm assuming... Because we're basically saying to hell with it right now, and we're just doing everything again, it feels like. So, whether that's right or wrong, we'll, we'll find out. But, um, I, I have a feeling, Stephen, the NFL is going to have fans in the stands this fall. I think that's a possibility. Yeah. And, man, I don't know, but we'll see. So, anyway, I, I think E3 will be a go next year. I think Gamescom will be off this year, but I think anything after that, we'll kind of wait and see. Well, Gamescom's already off. They're doing all digital. So, and then I know Tokyo Game Show too, right? So, yeah. But anything in 2020 or 2021, we'll see. Well, the big thing will be to see if the Game Awards happens in person, like live with people in the stands, or if it'll be a... Maybe it'll be, like, live, but with no nobody in the theater. Or very limited people in the theater. Well, good news is I follow a couple of people on Twitter who will definitely let us know if they're going. Oh, yeah. So, anyway. All right. <laughs> uh, EA Play is happening, though. <laughs> All digital. Not in person. No food trucks. Not for us, anyway. And it's all, but it's all being done digitally, which gives them the chance to put it together beforehand. The chances are it's already done. Because they were going to do it last week. Yes. And then I got delayed. So, I don't know, Steve, what are you excited to see? Like, for me, I'm really excited to see Madden. I know some people are going to roll their eyes at that. But I love Madden, and I love it every year. And it's it's a game I put a lot of time into, and I'm excited to see what's going to be new in the franchise. I don't know, what are you excited to see? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see the trailer of Squadrons on Monday, but I am excited to see what will likely be an in-depth look at that. Yes. Um, it's, it's probably going to be a only piloting thing um i i imagine it will be multiplayer but it'll be interesting to see if it has a a single player campaign with Mm -hmm. it um what i really want to see is a dragon age 4 um news update i hope that comes this year we saw the tease like two years ago i think i think it was two years ago um i'd like to see an update on that and the biggest thing that i've been wanting for a while now is a mass effect remaster um mass effect trilogy remaster Mm -hmm. and i know they're gonna do this to me because they hate me but they're gonna put it out like right around this time of cyberpunk so i'm not gonna get a chance to play it like as much as i want whereas you know they put it out in a week um i could play through the entire game this summer or all three games this summer because i have not much else to do but of course they won't but it's fine um those are the two biggest things is there anything else besides Madden you want to see? Yeah, there is actually one. I, I, I'm really interested to see what their vision for the future of Battlefield looks like. 
because they're taking the extra year to develop it for next gen. So we're not getting any Battlefield this year, and we're not getting any more Battlefield expansions after this summer. So they're going to develop, or they're going to devote a lot of time and resources exclusively into the new game. And I'm really excited to see what that vision looks like, and I think if they don't show at least a little bit, they're missing an opportunity. I'm not as interested in seeing the standard fare at EA Play, which is like, let's talk too to, much about esports because yes. they generally do I don't want another Command and Conquer ordeal from two years ago is that when they came out and played on their phones yes oh that is. was the worst like nothing against those guys it's not their fault it was just a poorly thought out segment for what that stage should be and and also like the Madden, like how do you have a thing celebrating your Madden champions and make them all look like dicks? <laughs> I mean, that's that's a rhetorical question, Tyler, because I don't know the answer to it. But they that's what they did, right? They, they did would, do that, they, yes. Yeah, they made them all look like dicks. <laughs> it's like it's hard to, you know, cheer for. You should make these people easy to cheer for. You know, you're controlling the narrative on this, so. Anyway, I also don't want to see another, like, overly long FIFA thing. FIFA's the one they generally do it for sports-wise, but they normally save that for Gamescom. More so than E3. But the one, the worst was the one time they brought poor Pele out on stage. And, like, it was way too long, and, like, nobody cares. I mean, people care. I mean, like, 10 to 15 million people buy FIFA every year, but... Like, at E3, nobody wants to see that. Um, people want to see Dragon Age, and they want to see Star Wars, and they want to see Apex, and they want to see Battlefield. All that type of thing. So, just be smart with how they deliver that stuff. Um, I think you can go into some deep dives. I love the model they used last year. They're not going to be able to do it again, though. Because I think they're going to try to do this event in, like, two to three hours. So... Um, I, I wish they had more time to just do some deep dives like in segments dedicated to certain games like they did last year. I just don't think they're going to be able to do it with what the format's going to be. So um, just be smart about how they dedicate their time. Know what's going to get people excited and do that. So Yeah. All right. All right. That, uh, that does it for our new segment. Steven. What, uh, what can people buy next week? Yeah. So this is the uh, the Guy Frieri segment of the week with the, with the Triple D um thing that's a joke for you foodie fans uh but yeah no desperados 3 disintegration and dead by daylight the silent hill stuff will all come on june 16th um i saw desperados 3 getting some pretty good reviews so take a look at that already um but that's your three games three days from now on tuesday um and yeah cool so uh disintegration looks interesting and it does I'm hoping we get a chance to review that for the site. So whether or not we get a review code or somebody ends up buying it and reviewing it, we'll see. But it looks interesting, and I'm excited to see kind of what that game ends up being. The reviews for it so far, not as good as I had hoped. So, but anyway, I'm very intrigued by the game. Sure. Just just Browse looks fun, too. All right. We have some questions this week, even from our fans. 
We do. So as I mentioned early, but in case you in case you weren't paying attention or you forgot, um, yeah, we're bringing back the question segment as well as the giveaway. So if your question gets asked on air or you're a Patreon or patron on Patreon, yeah, you're entered into the monthly giveaway that will be done at the end of the month. Um, so yeah, first up from Crypt Empress says, if you could create a sequel or reboot for a game that was excellent in your opinion but never got enough attention to war in a second game, what would it be? Uh, she would choose Geist from the GameCube. Um, I guess I'll go here because this is easy for me. It'd be Lost Odyssey 2. I've mentioned it a million times on the show. <laughs> I need a sequel to that. And Xbox desperately needs a JRPG, so there you go. Match made in heaven. What about you, Tyler? So, po- uh, apologies for a little technical difficulty here or something but you know what it generally helps if i unmute the microphone um sunset overdrive (laughs) is the easy answer for me here yeah it's never happening let's get a realistic answer because insomniac is owned by sony now um can can i uh can i be sad that we'll never get college football again i don't think that's even true they're trying to bring that back yeah but i think the way the the laws are being um, worked out in the, the NCAA's wording. Uh, something about the last NCAA thing, the wording made it so that it's almost impossible to no. do football games. Um, other than that, let me think. And I, I would also say NCAA did not not get enough attention. It just... Yeah, it just went, went away um, because of legal issues. So, but I stand by Sunset Overdrive, I guess, because it's it, it. They had a chance to greenlight a second game, and they never did. Yeah, I will say that didn't get enough attention, and it um. definitely didn't. It was buried, and I think the same might be true for a potential Titanfall three. Um, that also got buried in a really tough release window, and EA made it compete against other EA shooters. Great job, EA. That was and a really dumb decision. Yes, and uh, and it was a fantastic game with a great campaign that ultimately just did not sell very well. So I'm not sure that they're ever going to release a proper Titanfall 3. I don't think so either because they're so successful with Apex Legends right now. Mm-hmm. And they had a decently good Star Wars game. And, I mean, it was a good game. And it got decent reviews. It wasn't amazing, but it was a solid 8 point whatever all around. So, yeah, not surprising. Um, if we don't see a Titanfall 3. But, you know, then again, we could see on Thursday Titanfall 3 as a release, you know, game for the new console. So, nothing how, would surprise how, how me. How cool would it be to see, like, something... You know, the type of trailer where you can't figure out what it is. Like, think the first Halo Infinite trailer. Mm. You know? And then all of a sudden, like, at the very end, the Titan drops. That would be super cool. Sure. Won't happen. But that would be really cool. Uh, I don't know about that. I wonder if they are working on... Well, then they'd be competing against Respawn, but I'll cont- or I mean against their own game in Apex Legends. But I could see a Titanfall-esque Battle Royale type game. Hmm. Something in that free-to-play vein where you buy... I could see it. Yeah. Could but again, you'd be competing against Apex Legends, and I don't think that's yeah. wise. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But all right. Next question, continuing with the EA theme from Xbox Tosses. With the understanding that Madden is an iterative franchise, do you guys think that this generation will see yearly releases going away and being replaced by something else? Something like a DLC model or a free-to-play model with yearly paid sessions? So I was thinking about this before the show, and is there anything left that's strictly yearly other than sports games? Because I don't count Call of Duty. They have three different studios working on those games. So yep. they all get three-year develop- development cycles. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Assassin's, Assassin's Creed went away was. from it. And they, then they released like a yearly one, but it was only for two years, so not really. Yeah, And it wasn't the same studio anyway, was it? Yes, it was. Oh, it was? Okay. So, yeah, I don't think there are any more. For the sports games, they will never, ever go to... A just we're you know every other year we're going to release a sixty dollar title and then charge you a thirty dollar DLC in between. It's not going to happen because they can get sixty from you every year. And, yep. and we've as gamers proven that we're going to give them sixty every year, so they're not going to do it any differently. Yeah, the only reason it would stop is if the game stops being successful, like the WWE games where they yes just were absolutely it was miserable, so broken. Yeah, that. Yeah, it was. They got such backlash for the performance of that game, and Madden has its glitches every year. NHL has its glitches every year. Hell, even MLB The Show has its glitches every year. But they work for the most part. You know, you can go into Madden and play a game. Like once out of every hundred games, you might have something really bizarre happen. But for the most part, you can go in and play those games and be just fine. Like there'll be little things that piss you off, but. It's, it's nothing game-breaking. Yeah. So, uh, so, But the, the answer to the question is, for the ones that are still yearly, no. Yeah, I can't see it either. We've talked about it on the show multiple times. Um, I could see them, if they thought they would make more money doing something like that, where you know they reset Ultimate Team. But, again, like too many people will rebuy the game every year, so it's, yeah. it's not worth it to them. I'm sure they've modeled this out. I'm sure they've modeled all of that. Um, it, by the way, I stand by saying Ultimate Team should be free to play. And just Ultimate Team. Like you, but it has the Madden engine and everything, or the FIFA engine, or whatever, right? But you can download and it's free to play, and it's hard as hell to earn the base, you know, earn a 95 overall team grinding. Tyler, that's never happening for the same reason that you just said. They make money off... There are people that only play Ultimate Team. They know that. Yep. So they would lose the extra 60 they would get, and really probably 60 to 100, because a lot of p- those people yeah. buy the Super Special Edition so they can play early and get the bonus cards. So, yeah, why would they do that? They won't. Yeah. But, so but it's I not happening. Maybe they would get... If they created, like... You know, MLB does a lot of the flash sales, and you do those. And yeah. You know, try to generate some extra purchases that way, maybe, but... I know it's an idea that's been floated around a lot, but they've, they haven't done it yet, so they've obviously determined that that's not the best money-making avenue. I guarantee they've modeled every single plausible thing that anyone can think of and just established that this is the way to make the most money. Yep. And once again, that is the reason I don't want EA buying WB. Anyways, yep. um, up next from David Kaplan says, Hey guys, uh, I'm wondering, do you guys ever go through periods where you just can't be bothered to game? I mean, like where you still love gaming, just don't feel like doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I'll go first because you just went first last time. Yeah, I do all the time. Um, 
and it's funny, it, it's like I have to force myself to, to play games. Um, but it just stuff doesn't sound good. There are, you know, sometimes it lasts a day, sometimes it lasts a month, and it, it sucks. But yeah, I just, there are times where I just don't want to play. I'd rather watch a movie or read a book. And it just is. And honestly, forcing yourself to play games will make that period last a lot longer. If you take, you know, a little break, sometimes as much as one night off of, you know, not playing anything, watching a movie instead, then you feel like playing the next day. That's my recommendation. I don't know. What about you, Ty? So, yeah, same thing. It's it's funny because, so, inside baseball here, but, Stephen, a lot of times we'll get in party and chat for, like, three to four hours and not play a single thing. And by sometimes you mean a lot of times. A lot. And... So, and when we're chatting, we're often talking about games. Yeah. Because we're, you know, we're in a constant prep loop for the show um, and the site now. So, we're constantly talking about video games in one form or another. But then we'll say to each other, like, hey, you want to play something? And right, I can tell right away. So, if I ask that and Steven's like, uh, then I know, yeah, no. And it's the same with me, I bet. Pretty much the same type of answer. So, yeah. there have been plenty of times where I've opened up a game and I'm like, this sounds fun. And I get to the title screen and the moment of truth where I like, have to hit start or... Oh, yeah. Many times. Like, eh, maybe not. And that's why I like the sports games. Because um, I can just jump yeah. in and play a, a round of... I used to play this with FIFA. It it, it tends to switch between, tw- between the games. But, yeah. I'll just play FIFA and the next thing I know I've played, like, seven games or you know six rounds of golf in a row because i just don't feel like playing anything else it's really easy it doesn't you don't have to think um really all that hard and you know at a certain point with like fifa or just any sports games it all becomes so naturally ingrained in your like brain like Mm -hmm. what to do that you don't even need to think about what you're doing you just do it and then next thing you know you're winning five nil and you need to up the difficulty yeah so the same thing for me like the sports games madden um the MLB The Show, and uh, the, the Golf Club has become that for me again. You know, a game where I can just jump in and play and just have fun. It's not overly intense and you don't have to overthink anything, you know. Um, those are really fun. The other one, Stephen, that I really enjoy is like a, you know, break the monotony type game is a game called Trivial Pursuit Live that we will jump in and play every so often. Yeah, and it's funny because we forget about that game half the time, and then all of a sudden we'll remember it. Or I, most of the time, it's not even that we remember it. I'm just looking down the list. I scroll through like my games and apps a million times a day. It seems like um, just you know, especially when I'm in one of those moods, and all of a sudden we'll see it and we'll be like, "That sounds great," and we'll go do it. Yep. And by the way, if you've never played that game, I bet you can get it super cheap now—ten bucks, maybe, mm-hmm. something like that—and. So, don't think Trivial Pursuit, the board game, um, or the super hard questions from the board game, think of it as more presented like a game show, because that's what it is. It's presented as a game show theme, and you can have up to four players playing, and it's like, it's a lot of pop culture type questions, and even the history questions aren't real hard, the science questions aren't super hard, you know, they're challenging enough. And it's just the game is done in a way that makes it really fun to play. And uh, kudos to the team over there. the same team that did the Monopoly and Risk and whatever else, right? 
all those games. So good for Battleship, etc. So yeah, great job, uh, Hasbro. Ha whatever company does Hasbro's uh, interactive. So uh, for video games, so great job by them. But uh, that's the one game too. I wish God, I wish there had been some DLC for that because I feel like it would be so easy to do themed card packs. I know. Like whether it's like Star Wars or just movies or you know uh, all sports or music or whatever like that that's like slam dunk DLC and they never did it. Yeah, never though in my right mind would I play you in a Star Wars <laughs> Trivial Pursuit game. We almost did it E3 last year. We had it. No, we didn't almost do it. You brought it and then we way overestimated how much free time we'd actually have. And we never, never played, but I, I didn't even think about it then, but oh my God, that would not have been fun. Cause it's, you know, just a bunch of stupid information about that, that no one else knows that doesn't watch the movie. How I many, you've seen the original trilogy six gazillion times and that's only a slight exaggeration. I mean, he watches them every night for bed. No, I don't. Yes, he does. I will say I have easily seen episode four. More than 250 times. No, way more than that. No, no, you that's an under-exaggeration, Tyler. Maybe in its entirety, 250 yeah. times. But at least watch bits and pieces of it way more. Do you remember that where Graham was super disappointed? Because I knew, like, the first line, just off the top of my head, from every one of them. Mm, I Yeah, vaguely. Like Empire Strikes Back, Echo Three to Echo Seven. How nobody do you read me? Oh, okay. So moving on. <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, Graham was really because Graham, if you remember, didn't ever watch a movie more than once. Oh, I remember. I knew someone like that. Yeah. So anyway. Oh, and I just finished watching the entirety of the Marvel saga. <laughs> Again. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. Um, actually, that was my first time making it all the way through. I, I usually get stuck somewhere. Um, and then start all and, over. Yeah, Graham's not here now, so we can talk about this on the show. Uh, episode 9. What does it say about Episode 9 that I still have not fully seen that movie a second time? Yes, um, that says a lot. I haven't rewatched it either. To be fair, I didn't watch 7 and 8 until the day before Episode 9 released. Um, I didn't watch Episode 7 before 8, and I only barely... And I skipped the entirety of the... Um, the Cantabus region in eight, I think it was Cantobite. the Cantobite, yep. the entirety of it, um, because I needed to make sure I finished it by the time I had to leave to go see it. Uh, but yeah, I I haven't seen it either. But yeah, if you know anything about Tyler, as I mentioned when I said he's seen the movies like five hundred times a piece, um, the fact that you haven't watched it a second time says a lot about the movie. You know, it was, I, I loved it the night I saw it in the theaters, but then the more I thought about it. And I thought, and the more I thought about it too, the more I thought this is just brilliant, like distraction filmmaking by J.J. Abrams, because he made it so breakneck speed that you didn't have time to stop and think about how dumb this all was. Yeah, you and know? see, it's it's funny because you know I just mentioned that I finished the the Marvel movies, and I was just thinking this yesterday while watching Endgame, because um, I remember there were articles when Endgame came out about where you could potentially go use the restroom if you needed to um with like as and it wasn't it was all spoiler free but multiple articles that were like that and as someone that needs to pee a lot you know i made sure to mm. read them of course i ended up sitting in my seat the entire time and never needing to go to the bathroom during the movie but 
Endgame was also kind of nonstop, but it wasn't nonstop in the same way that Episode Nine was nonstop. It was actually you know well done and nonstop. Yeah. Um, but and it's, it slowed it's, down in the right ways. Yes, definitely. There were there were definite pauses in the action. It allowed you to process what just happened and let you get ready for what was going to happen next. Yep. And Star Wars was a montage of cool moments. That's what Episode Nine was. And and when you are in the moment and you're just being hit with like set piece after set piece and action scene after action scene, it's super cool. It's like sensory overload. Yes. But then you stop and you think about it and you're like, what in the hell was that? Yeah, I remember in theaters having some issues and I just couldn't place... Like, by the end, I was like, I knew I had an issue at the time, and then I couldn't remember it because there was just so much in between that I was like, there was no time for the short term to, to be put into long term. It just got replaced. Um, and it, it just, it's something, yeah, it, nine, I, I think I bought it digitally the day it came yeah. out, and... You saw and watched it? Yeah, and I, I kind of regret, well, I don't regret it because no, I have I the whole collection, it. but... Because I'm going to have the whole thing. And I will eventually buy that Best Buy 4K box set. set. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know. I just feel like it. Uh, what I hate about the new trilogy the most, and Seven's grown on me a ton, and I actually don't hate Eight as much as some people do. But my, my overall problem with the trilogy itself is that they never gave us a reason to actually give a shit about any of these new people. Right. Ever. Like, up until the third act of the third movie, they were still relying on the old guard to help them. So what the hell yeah. are they there for? I agree. Um, like, Luke's mentor was killed off two-thirds of the way through the first movie, at the end of the second act. Yeah, because they spent the time to establish him as a character in the in the yeah. in the beginning like episode yeah. four is awesome i love it. it's it's yeah, my the second movie was luke struggling to stand on his own and then the third movie was him finally doing it yeah you know and when the fuck did ray stand on her own like at the very end of three you mean nine but yes or nine yeah um i don't know no, I, I know and and i don't let's not get down the the, yeah. the rabbit hole here but i will say though because I've been wanting to for a while. Like, when I sit here and I've watched the, the Marvel movies over the last, like, month and a half, two months, it is some of the most impressive storytelling and just continuity, and I know there are some errors, but just definite continuity between all of them. There's all so 20, much attention to detail. 22 movies that it's it just flows smooth. I mean, you get to the end of the movie and, you you know... It's emotional. It's emotional, and it's just impressive. And I, if you have not rewatched the movies, and you can, I mean, most of them are available on one of the two main streaming services. Well, not main, but Disney Plus or Netflix. You can probably get most of them yeah. um, to watch. Like, I, I do recommend going through, and Polygon put out a list, and I, I loved that order that they we watched it in, mm-hmm. or that they said to watch it in, so I'd say go look that one up. Um because I think it was just a good, it was a good place. It, it changed some some of the movies, like heavily around, and yeah. But if you haven't rewatched it, I and you're you're an 
Marvel fan, I'd say go go watch them. So yeah, you um, got but, your money's worth with that question, by the way. There you go. Yeah, I know. Um, we we went off on on gaming, <laughs> but there you go. That's stuff to do when you're can't be bothered to game is movies. Yeah. So there you go. All right, last question. Um, Arrowdust says, uh, "When oh when will we see video games like Fable Four or more first party RPGs?" And uh, talking about Xbox. Yeah. So first of all, this question came from Twitter. Thank you. Um, we have a, a pin tweet there where you can submit questions. So follow us there and just submit questions right in there. Comment on that tweet. Um, I bet we see a video game like Fable 4 in about a month. And it's going to be a very brief tease, but I bet we see it then. So you think so? I do. I think the opposite. Well, I think, it, I think it's going to be very Horizon Forbidden West-like. With how much is shown and how vague it is? Mm, I don't agree with that at all. Okay. Well, what, what do you think that? Because I, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of leaning towards that. I think we'll see a Fable 4 or Fable remaster. or I mean, not remaster, but remake um, there in July as well. I agree with you there. I think that game is soon. Okay. I think that's a, a launch window. Yes. I 100% think it will okay. be. All right. And I, I mean, I very well could be wrong, but I think it would be, it would, it would create the absolute wow moment. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned the importance of when they show stuff, and I think Xbox will do where they show Halo Infinite last, and I think that's a giant mistake. If they if they start the show with Halo Infinite, I think we're gonna see a Fable thing, and I think it's gonna be. Like it's gonna surprise everybody, and I'm, I think if if we're you know if an hour goes by in the show and we still haven't seen Halo, then I think you might be right. But I think it's all gonna be dependent on when they put Halo in the show. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. But here's the thing: I think they need something brand new, brand new IP. I know Fable's been gone for a long time, but they did attempt you know Fable Legends. Um, up into 17, right? And I think they need a brand new IP, and I think that Santa Monica Studio needs to deliver on that. So I'm, I, I agree. I think we're going to see Fable. You might be right, and I hope you're right. I hope it's soon. I hope we see it by spring 2021. However, I think they need something on top of that is a brand new IP because otherwise the narrative is going to be oh yep they're nothing new they're just going back to the old well again oh I agree with that and I think there will be another RPG and that's not, yeah not an indie IP not a small like double A IP I'm talking like a triple A or as Phil put it a quadruple A IP that's yeah, what I, we need to see I think we're going to see something that kind of it won't be God of War obviously and it won't be it might not even be that close to it but they'll Xbox will unveil something akin to um, God of War I think something like that yeah. that that not open world fully but kind of open world like RPG action RPG that you know mm-hmm. knocks the socks off of people hopefully yep. I'm with you and they need something that knocks the socks off cuz they haven't had that in a while. So. I would agree 100% with that, yeah. Okay, so I know I just said one more question, but we got one more. I miss it. Yeah. Um, sorry. To Mr. Dylan Button FNG says, what is your opinion on the lack of E3? Yeah, so it sucks that it's not happening in person. We totally understand why, right? Nobody's saying that it, 
should and extra people should be put at risk or anything like that, right? Everybody should stay safe and I think everybody's doing the right thing. But it still sucks not being able to go. Like, I I really enjoyed it last year. I had a great time. It was an absolute blast um, to hang out with uh, everybody on the team and just get to experience that together it was really cool. And to get those... Like, you get an interview with somebody, and, and it goes well, and that's, like, a huge rush, too, at the end of the day. Like, it was fun, and it was so much that at the end of every day, we were just exhausted. Um, as far as the lack of E3, uh, the, it all depends on how these digital events get get delivered. Um, I'm, I was not impressed with the messaging and how it was done with Sony, and that's just because I, I like to see transparency with consumers and I know a lot of Sony fans might disagree with this but I don't think it was I don't think it was transparent I think they messaged things the way they needed to to build the hype but not make things clear about what they were uh the way now if more people do it like Bungie did it with Destiny early this week absolutely that was fantastic do more of that so I, I hope EA Play is similar to the Bungie event in terms of its transparency and just being very clear about what's going to be happening and when. And I hope that Xbox learns from that for July. That said, I would much rather have gotten to see and experience it all together in L.A. Um, during E3. See you. Yeah, I mean, obviously we understand why E3 didn't happen this year. I mean, it makes total sense. Um, I, as far as why E3 didn't go digital, I, I still wonder if that's in part due to IGN's, like, Summer of Gaming thing being announced so quickly after E3's cancellation that E3 just didn't feel it worth to try to compete with it. Um, and then, you know, Jeff Keighley's event came up a little later than that. Um, and I forget the names of each. Uh, they're, they're both very similar. Um, so I think that's part of the reason we didn't see an E3 digital event the same like, way we'll see a Gamescom digital event. But, yeah, of course, I wish we were there. Um, last year, E3 was really fun, and we learned a lot. And, you know, we didn't get to put into action any of the things we learned and learn more stuff, and we'll have to wait. But, you know, hopefully next E3 rolls around and it'll be back. And I'm hoping it will be because I don't think it should go away. And I think there's a lot of companies, especially indies, that need E3 to happen. Well, they already announced the dates, right? They, yes, I think they did. And it's a little, it's like a week later, two weeks yeah. later. So, I, I, dude, I'm shocked if we're not there next year for E3. I, I think it's definitely going to happen. Sure. And I think it's just going to be one of those things, because that's where our world's going to now. I mean, you know, we, we were able to do quarantine for a couple of months, and then, you know, the, the impact of certain things was very real. But I think there's also this huge sentiment in our country, right or wrong, agree with it or not, um, that we want li our lives back and you know, we're willing to accept a little bit of risk for that. And when I say we, I mean America in general. I don't mean me or Stephen. Um, so I think that sentiment, though, like I said, like it or not, is winning. And I just think that's where we're going. So I'd, I'd be pretty surprised if... E3 didn't happen next year. It's going to kind of be on everybody to decide whether or not they want to assume that risk if there's no vaccine yet to go. Yeah. So. I think it might be a little different. I could see next year's E3 not being a fan event. Yeah. But. I could see that for, for like one year. Yeah. 
Sure. Okay. Cool. So, uh, if we didn't get to any of this week, we'll get to them next week. Thank you to everybody who sent in questions, and uh, please continue to do so. You can do so right on Twitter, um, Generation X underscore Box there. And like I said, there's a pinned tweet right away for you to comment in and submit questions. And if you're read on the show, you're entered to win a gift card the last episode of every month. Are we doing it last episode or first episode of every month? First episode of the month. So like first the first episode in July, we'll announce for June. Um, stand corrected. Yeah, and then you know, head on over mail at generationxbox.com is another way to shoot your questions in, or just on generationxbox.com. There's the contact us. Feel free to put or, out a question there, and there you go. Or. If you read something, read an article on GenerationXbox.com, which we would love it if you did. That Your support is huge and it's so meaningful to us. Uh, leave a comment on the article itself. Yeah, especially, yeah, you can have questions related to any of that or even yeah. not. And if, and if we see them, pick them out, we'll, we'll read them on the show and talk about it. So, you know, lots of ways to do that, lots of ways to interact. We, we love the interaction we're getting on Twitter. We just want to, you know, we want to see that continue on the site as well so please guy go read the article generationxbox.com and comment on a comment on them there as well all right steven i can't do words anymore so i think it's time to wrap this up fair enough yeah so everybody this has been episode number 215 and we'll be back next week with 216 until then have a great week everybody enjoy ea play enjoy uh this weekend of the summer of gaming yeah, the stuff for the PC gamers of our community. So there you go. Listen, Gorilla Collective and the PC Gaming Show this week weekend. So there you go. Go listen there. Play some great games. Bye bye. Bye everybody. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn and complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance, which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all stages situations. You work hard. Switching to Metro isn't. This holiday, there's zero fees to switch. Right now, get high-speed data for just 25 bucks a line for four lines. That's Metro's lowest price, period. Plus, get four free Samsung Galaxy phones when you switch. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your holiday. Plus device sales tax with eligible port in a no T-Mobile service in past 180 days. One phone per line while supplies last. If new line deactivates, all lines lose four-line promo rate. Additional terms apply. Limited time offer. See Metro by T-Mobile.com.